faith and not by sight, living for the Lord and doing what's right. Knowing my sins have all been covered by the great I am. No need to worry, fear or care, for I know the Lord is always there. Like I'm on May, I'm on my way, I'm walking by faith. Sometimes I can't see what lies before me. As I follow him into the darkest night. But every step I take, it draws me closer. And I'll turn around because I find that Jesus is the I'm walking by faith and not by sight, living for the Lord and doing what's right. Knowing my sins have all been covered by the great I am. I am, no need to worry, fear or care, for I know the Lord is always there. Like I'm on May, I'm on my way, I'm walking by faith. Like I'm on May, I'm on my way, walking by faith. Go ahead and take your Bibles and turn to Psalms chapter 55 this morning. Psalms chapter 55. Before we start reading this passage, I'm going to read a couple other verses to you because I want to give you a little bit of background. Now, in a lot of the Psalms, we don't know for sure exactly when they were written. Sometimes it tells us when they were written, what event it was that inspired it. Um, I'm not saying this is definite, but when you study the life of David and when you look at the words of this psalm in chapter 55, I think we can figure out what inspired this psalm. And so I want to show you some of, uh, I'm going to, uh, we're going to look at a little bit of background here to help us on the, uh, understand Psalm 55, what's going on. But in Second uh, Samuel chapter 15, we see the story where Absalom comes and he takes over the kingdom. And what a a sad story that was. I mean, just imagine having your kingdom taken over, but especially by your own son. You know, your own son turning traitor on you. Your own son wanting to kill you. This was a very low point in David's life. And you see people turning on David left and right in this story. I mean, just one bad thing after another. David's already humbled. He's already been humiliated. You see the one story where one of uh, Saul's kindred, I believe, is cursing David and he's throwing stones at David. And you know, one of David's men was, you know, let me go take this guy's head off. And David didn't let him do it. David took, he took the abuse. And we see here in 2 Samuel chapter 15, verse 30, it says, And David went up by the ascent of Mount Olivet and wept as he went up. And he had his head covered and he went barefoot. And all the people that was with him covered every man his head, and they went up weeping as they went up. And one told David, saying, Ahithophel is among the conspirators with Absalom. And David said, O Lord, I pray thee, turn the counsel of Ahithophel into foolishness. Ahithophel, this is one of David's advisors. This is one of David's friends. This is one of David's men. And not only has his own son turned on, but now one of his friends, one of his men that he trusted is working with Absalom. And this hurts David, I believe, deeply because of who it was. But it also scared David because if you look at 2 Samuel 16, verse 23, it says, "...and the counsel of Ahithophel, which he counseled in those days, was if a man had inquired at the oracle of God, so was all the counsel of Ahithophel both with David and with Absalom." So, this is a guy that you want on your side 
But he's not on David's side anymore. He's on Absalom's side. And so, David, obviously, he's, he's down right now. He's really hurting. And I believe that Psalms 55 was probably written around this time with these things. This is, this is what was going on in David's mind. Alright, these events that we just looked at, I believe are what inspired it. And this here is just kind of a bonus point for you. It says, uh, at the beginning to the chief musician on Negadoth, I looked that up, and it's talking about a stringed instrument. And so, I've interpreted this as, this song, this, David played a guitar while singing this one, and, uh, you know, this, this probably, you know, if, if you try to put music to it, I picture it almost sounding like a country song. You know, those are kind of depressing sometimes when everybody's down and against you. And <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just joking. I don't think they had country music back then. But I can picture it though. I, I, I really can. But anyway, it says verse 1, Give ear to my prayer, O God, and hide not thyself from my supplication. Attend unto me and hear me. I mourn in my complaint and make a noise because the voice of the enemy, because of the voice of the oppression of the wicked, for they cast iniquity upon me. And in wrath they hate me. My heart is sore pained within me, and the terrors of death are fallen upon me. Fearfulness and trembling are come upon me, and horror hath overwhelmed me. And I said, Oh, that I had wings like a dove, for then I would fly away and be at rest. Have you ever felt like just disappearing? I ever, you ever thought, felt that way before? Well, David felt that way. I just wish I could fly away from here and get away from it all. And I think that'd make a good country song right there too. But anyway, well, then I would, would I wander far off and remain in the wilderness? Selah, just I want to go hide under a rock somewhere. I want to get alone and never see anybody again. I would hasten my escape from the windy storm and tempest. Destroy, O Lord, and divide their tongues. For I have seen violence and strife in the city. Day and night they go about it upon the walls thereof. Mischief also and sorrow in the midst of it. Wickedness is in the midst thereof. Deceit and guile depart not from her streets. For it was not an enemy that reproached me. Then I could have borne it. Neither was it he that hated me that did magnify himself against me. Then I would have hid myself from him. But it was thou, a man, mine equal, my guide, and mine acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together and walked in the house of God in company, I think he's probably talking about a hit that fell right there. I think that hurt him deeply. You know, it's one thing when the world is coming after you. You know, it's one thing when the lost hate you. But you know, it hurts a little deeper when it's another believer, isn't it? When it's somebody that you thought they were your friend, you thought they were care- they cared about you. That's that's tough. Okay, people in the world they can call you a name, they can do whatever. But boy, not not when your friend does it. That hurts. And David, man, he's hurting. Verse 15, "...let death seize upon them, and let them go down quick into hell, for wickedness is in their dwellings and among them. As for me, I will call upon God, and the Lord shall save me. Evening and morning at noon will I pray and cry aloud. He shall hear my voice. He hath delivered my soul in peace from the battle that was against me, for there were many with me. God shall hear and afflict them, even he that abideth of old." Selah. "...because they have no changes, therefore they fear not God." He hath put forth His hands against such as be at peace with Him. He hath broken His covenant. The words of His mouth were smoother than butter, but war was in His heart. His words were softer than oil, yet they were drawn, uh, were they drawn swords. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and He shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. But thou, O God, shall bring them down into the pit of destruction. Bloody and deceitful men shall not live out half their days 
but I will trust in Thee. The verse I want you to notice where we get our text from is verse 22. The statement, cast thy burden upon the Lord. Okay? Because while none of us have probably been to anything to the extreme that David was here, while we might not have had a son trying to kill us, you know, we've all experienced things in our life that had us feeling pretty down. We've all had those days when we just wanted to go hide and find a cave somewhere, find a wilderness. You know, you see these mountain men shows, these guys that just live out in the middle of nowhere all by themselves, and sometimes it's like, I could, I could see that. You know, I don't have to deal with people anymore. Uh, I, I'd probably enjoy it for a week, but, uh, you know, we've, we've all felt that way. I could, you know, I'd just like to just go away and hide forever. And why do we do it? We say that because, you know, we're down, we've got burdens, we've got things that we're facing that we don't know how we're going to handle them. We don't know how we can bear these burdens. We don't know how we can deal with these things. You know, maybe you're at home one day and you get the mail, and man, you just got all these bills coming in, and you're thinking, how am I going to pay these bills? And sometimes you think, you know, how hard would it be to move away and change your name? And, you know, they, they'd never find me. And unfortunately today, that's hard to do. You know, you can't, you can't just run from those things. They will find you, you know, especially if it's the IRS you owe money to. They will, they will find you. And it's tough. It's tough sometimes. But we see here in verse 22, he mentions, cast thy burden upon the Lord. You know, what does that mean to cast your burden on the Lord? Because I think, I think most of us probably have an idea of what we're supposed to do. We even know how to do it. But it is an easier said than done thing. But I want to talk about casting your burden on the Lord. Casting your burden on the Lord, it is, it's very easy to say, but it's not always easy to do. So, how do we cast our burden on the Lord? You know, because, and when we see how to cast our burden on the Lord, you're going to find out too many people, they don't want to cast their burden. On the Lord. And so, first of all, the thing that we need to realize as Christians is that the Lord wants to carry our burdens. Okay? Now, have you ever, I mean, we've all faced things before, and maybe we needed help, and you thought there was somebody that could help you, but maybe you were afraid to ask because you thought, I don't think they're going to want to deal with this. I don't think that person is going to want to help me. I don't think they're going to want to carry my burden. So you were afraid to ask. Okay? But then maybe finally you worked up the courage to ask, boy, these people, they were willing to help you. They wanted to help. They wanted to be there for you. Well, let me tell you something. With people, they might not want to carry your burden. They might not want to help. They might shut you down. But when it comes to Christ, we see He wants to carry our burdens for us. 1 Peter 5, verse 6 says, "...humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon Him..." For he careth for you. Okay? Casting all your care upon him. He wants us to do that. Why? Because he cares for us. He sees the load that we're carrying. He sees the burden that we're bearing. And he knows it's hard. He knows it's getting us down. He sees the pain it's causing us. He has the ability to take care of that burden. He has the ability to carry it for you. But yet, we don't always want to give it to him. Let's keep reading there. And then verse 7 he says, Be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. You need to cast your burdens on the Lord. If you if you don't, those burdens might weigh you down. They're going to cause you to trip up, and it's going to make it easier for the devil to get you. Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto His eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while. Make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever. 
and ever. Amen. We see that God does allow us to suffer sometimes. He does allow us to go through things. And we see that though that when we are going through things, He wants to intervene. He wants to get involved. He wants to carry our burdens. We see that He was very willing to carry the weight of our sin. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 20 says, For what glory is it if when ye be buffeted for your faults, ye shall take it patiently? But if when ye do well and suffer for it, ye take it patiently. This is acceptable with God. This is talking about when you're suffering for the cause of Christ and you take it patiently, boy, that, that's acceptable to God. He appreciates that. If you're suffering because of what you've done, okay, that's nothing to brag about, okay? If you go out there and you, you, know, you throw a rock at a police car and he throws you in jail, alright, don't say you're suffering for the cause of Christ. You're suffering because you're an idiot. Okay, but if you suffer because you're doing right, okay, and you take it patiently, that's something that's acceptable to God. God is pleased with you when you're suffering in those situations. Verse twenty-two, because uh, verse twenty-one, for even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow His steps. He suffered. He wants to follow His example. That includes suffering. And he suffered, even though, verse 22, who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. Who when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. Notice how Jesus didn't threaten them. When Jesus was on the cross, notice how he wasn't up there yelling at him, saying, you you all wait till I come back on Armageddon. Uh, You all are in big trouble. I mean... Let's just be honest. You know, maybe you've never said this to somebody, but I know I've thought it before when you know you're getting grief from the world, and I'm just like, you just wait until judgment day comes, man. You slam the door in my face and cuss me out. You just wait till you stand before the great white throne of judgment. You get cast in the lake of fire. You know, I hope you see me right before you fall. You know, I've thought that before. That's not right. Jesus didn't do that. Verse 24: Who his own self bear our sins in His own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes He were healed. Notice when Jesus bore our sins for us, He didn't bear our sins just so we could afterwards continue to sin and still go to heaven. He bore our sins so He could save us and then we could live righteously after that. Okay, And that's another subject, but after you get saved, the Lord wants you to live righteously. Verse 25, For ye were a sheep going astray, but now are returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. So right there we see that He was willing to bear the weight of our sin. That's something we can't even fathom. The Lord, He wants us to pray. We see throughout the Bible Him urging us to pray. Him urging us to ask Him for things. Now do you think God wants us to pray just because He likes to hear us beg? I mean, do you think he's like that bully at school that comes and he inflicts pain on you, saying, you know, say, mer- you know, say mercy, you know, say uncle, you know, he, he's he's not doing that because he wants to hear us beg. He's doing that because he wants to answer our prayers. That's why. That's the whole point of it. Romans eight twenty six says, I mean, not so. Not, look at go to turn to Romans eight twenty six. Not only does God want us to pray, but He wants us to pray so bad. He actually helps us in our prayers. Have you ever told your kid to do something and you wanted your kid to accomplish this task? But then maybe they start doing that task and 
they're not doing a real good job and you, you kind of help them out a little bit. Maybe more, maybe more than you should sometimes. Because they need to get this done. They need to do this. They need to accomplish this. And maybe you help them a little too much. Maybe on their homework. Okay, you know they need they need to get that homework done, and you go and maybe you help them a little too much. Why do you do that? Because you want them to get it accomplished. You want them to get it done, and God wants us to pray so He can answer our prayers. But here's the thing: we're not always very good at praying, are we? We're not always very good at asking for the right things. And so in Romans eight twenty six it says, "Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought." But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us, which groanings that cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called, according to His purpose. Okay? So, what, what's going on here, the Lord, He knows we have burdens. He wants us to pray. He wants us to ask for help. Okay, But we are so pathetic sometimes. I mean, literally, we might be having financial problems. We're trying to figure out how to pay our bills. And so we do, man. We go to the Lord in prayer. You know, Lord, I, 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 there's no way I can pay these bills. Lord, I need You to bless this lottery ticket that I buy and help me win big. Okay? Now listen, the Lord loves us. He wants to bear our burdens. You prayed. He wants to answer your prayer. But listen, the Lord knows and the Holy Spirit knows, okay, if I answer this prayer and He wins that lottery ticket, this isn't going to be the last time He gambles. He's going to continue gambling. He's probably going to end up getting Himself in more trouble. You know, Lord, what this person is really asking for is just provision. <laughs> and you know, and Lord, uh, you know, and he he kind of he he it's like he interprets our prayers for us. This is what he said, but this is what he's really thinking. And he helps these he answers these things according to God's will. We know it's not your will for him to gamble, okay? But Lord, we do know that you want to provide for him. Lord, help him to learn that he is a fool for doing this. And so then he might just let us lose. He might let us get some things repoed, you know, because we wasted our money on lottery tickets instead of paying bills and then we will learn a very valuable lesson that in the long run will make us better, will in the long run will keep us from greater problems. Why? Because we know that all things work together for good. Okay, They work together for good. There might be some bad things that we have to face. That way, later on, we can receive the greater blessings. And see, God looks at the whole picture. and But at the same time, what I'm trying to say is that God wants us to pray so bad. He wants to answer our prayers so bad. He has the Holy Spirit help our prayers because we do need help. We don't always know what we should be praying for. Okay, If you're trying to use lottery winnings to help you pay your bills, okay, you shouldn't be praying for money you know, for a winning lottery ticket. You should be praying for some brains. Okay, and the and so the Holy Spirit might interpret that and, and help you to learn the error of your ways. But God wants to help us do great things. John chapter fifteen verse five. If you turn over there, we see that throughout the scriptures, you know, we're commanded to do all these great things for God. We see on one verse, we'll talk. It'll talk about how we're nothing. You know how it talks about how wicked we are and how sinful we are, and then we'll see another verse where he commands us to do some great thing. Like he told his uh, his followers there, "Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature." Well, that's not an easy task, but he would ask them to do impossible things all the time. 
But John 15 verse 5 says, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. Okay, now think about this. We see throughout the Bible how we're nothing. Okay? But yet we see throughout the Bible God commands us to do big things. And we also see here that the only way we can do big things is God has to do those things through us, doesn't He? So once again, it's God wanting to carry our load. Okay? God wants to help us. He wanted us to be able to go to heaven, so He paid for our sins. He bore our sins. He paid for that. He wants us to pray. He wants to answer our prayers, so He helps us in our prayers. He wants us to do great things even though we have no ability of our own, and He does those things for us. Okay? The way that we, and what we've got to realize is the way that the best way for us to operate, the best way for us to be successful is to cast our burdens on the Lord. Let Him do the heavy lifting. Let Him run the show. And once again, people today, they want to run from things. They want to do like David. They want to go hide into a wilderness somewhere. But listen, that's not what you do. You got to cast it on the Lord. And I know it's easier said than done, so how do we do it? Well, we'll get to that. Another thing we need to realize if we're going to be able to cast our burden on the Lord is we need to just accept the fact that we are going to have burdens. Okay, Look at Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28. You see, when we start talking about this, I know what you're thinking, okay? Because you're probably thinking the same thing that I think. You know, Lord, why can't I just not have burdens? You ever thought about that before? You know, Lord, you know, it's a burden, you know, pastoring the church. Maybe I should quit pastoring, then I won't have burdens anymore. You know, it's a burden being a Christian. It's a burden living righteously. Maybe I should just live like the world and I won't have burdens anymore. Let me add, does the world have burdens? Boy, do they have burdens. Alright? And look what Matthew chapter 11 verse 28 says. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now wait a minute. This ain't easy. I got heavy burdens that are tough to be borne. Is Jesus lying? Well, obviously that's not the case. It's impossible for Him to lie. But we see here, He said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. See, Satan, he's going to try to convince you that the cause of your burdens and stress is because you serve God. Hey, if you quit serving God, you wouldn't have you wouldn't have to worry about these things. No, you just have to worry about other things. And they're going to be even worse. You know, he, he lies to you. He's tricky. People who live for themselves are some of the most stressed out people in the world. You don't have to turn there, but Proverbs 13, verse 13 says, Whoso despiseth the word shall be destroyed, but he that feareth the commandment shall be rewarded. The law of the wise is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. Good understanding giveth favor, but the way of the transgressor is hard. Y'all see that? The way, it, the, the way the world lives is way more difficult than the way we live. Christians all the time, we like to act like victims. Oh, it's so hard being a Christian. It's so hard living like a Christian in 2016. Let me tell you, it's a lot harder to be living like the world. The way of a transgressor is hard. And we do, we get confused. Why does the Bible say his yoke is easy? This isn't easy. My burden's heavy that I'm carrying. But this is where we get into 
how we actually cast our burden on the Lord. See, Christ's yoke, notice he says, my yoke is easy. Christ's yoke is difficult when we're working against him. Okay? When you when you're yoked up with something, yeah, they'll they'll have a yoke of oxen, they'll have two cows yoked together, and those cows pull together. Okay? I believe there was a passage in the Bible too in the Old Testament about not yoking, you know, an oxen and an ass at the same time because they're just not going to work together. Okay? And the Bible talks about us as Christians not to be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Why? We're pulling different directions. That's not going to work. It's going to make things hard. Okay? So if we're yoked up with Christ, as strong as He is, if as long as we're pulling with Him, things are going to be pretty easy, isn't it? Why? Because He's the one that does the heavy lifting. He's the one that does the hard stuff. But if we're trying to do our own thing, if we're trying to go our own way, it's going to get real stressful. It's going to get real hard. It's going to be a big burden. And see, casting your burden on the Lord, it doesn't mean that you do nothing. See, many people think, I'm just going to cast my burden on the Lord. I'm going to take all my bills and I'm just going to throw them in the trash and let the Lord worry about them. Is that casting your burden on the Lord? You know, I'm just going to let that TV preacher pray over them. You know, like they, you know, you know, put your bills on the screen right there. Let me pray over those. You know, send me your hundred dollars, and you know, these things I'll be taking care of. The Lord's going to take care of. Them. No, that's not casting your burden on the Lord. That's not what it's talking about. But people think that's what it is. Is just they think casting your burden on the Lord means you do nothing. And I'm sorry, that's not the way it works. That's not what it's talking about. See, we trust in the Lord by obeying His commandments. And we cast our burden on the Lord when we obey His commandments even when they don't make sense. Turn over to Psalms chapter 37. Psalms chapter 37. Verse 1 says, Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. Now why would we be envious of workers of iniquity? Well, because it seems like the wicked get their way, doesn't it? It seems like what they do is better. You know, you go and you look at your Facebook friends and stuff and you see all the fun they're having being wicked. You see all those smiley pictures and everything. You think, you know what? Their way's easier. I went and I had to sit in church today and the message was boring. They were out fishing. Look at that fish that they caught. The Lord's blessing them when, you know, I'm doing the right thing. I waited lab church to go fishing. I didn't catch one fish and they caught you know, a record bass. Listen, don't fret yourself because of that. Why? For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord and He shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in Him and He shall bring it to pass and He shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light and thy judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord. Wait patiently for Him. Fret not thyself because of Him who prospereth in His way, because the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger. Forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. Don't fall for these things. It's tempting sometimes. The bank robber might have more money than you do. The drug dealer might be making more money than you do. But he's going to get nailed eventually. Eventually, he's going to be sitting in prison. Okay, for evildoers shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. 
for yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. Yea, thou shalt diligently consider his place, and it shall not be. But the meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. The wicked plotteth against the just, and gnasheth upon him with his teeth. The Lord shall laugh at him, for he seeth that his day is coming. And let me tell you something, it does... It does get difficult sometimes. It does seem like the things that God has told us to do don't work. It seems like the wicked's getting what they want. But let me tell you, their day is coming. And I don't know if he's talking about the day of the Lord right there. But boy, you study the day of the Lord. The wicked are going to get their comeuppance. Trust me. You just need to keep on doing the right thing. Keep on trusting God. Keep on obeying commandments. Don't let the devil trick you into getting away from God, just doing what you want to do, that doesn't work. The way of the transgressor is hard. The end of the wicked is terrible, but those who delight themselves in the Lord, they're going to get the desires of their heart. Well, that means you need to make doing the things of God what brings you pleasure. You need to delight yourself in those things and just commit your way unto God. I don't know why I do everything I do, but you know the Bible says to do it, so I'm going to do it. I'm just going to trust God. And if you do, eventually, eventually, you know, He'll make your righteousness to shine forth. And so we trust the Lord by obeying His commandments. Just like Noah. How did he trust God? He heard, about a, he heard that a flood was coming and he, what did he do? Did he just sit around and wait for God to build the ark for him? Well, that's what Christians think casting your burden on the Lord is. No, God told him to build an ark and He built the ark, didn't He? And... He ended up being saved and his family was saved. We see Joshua. Okay, God said, God told Joshua, I'm going to give you Jericho. Now, we all know the story of Jericho, but there is no doubt that God won that battle, didn't he? I mean, there is no doubt who did all the work, but what did, did God tell Joshua? You guys just sit around and do nothing? No. He told him, go march around Jericho one time a day for six days on the seventh day, march around seven times. And then after you march around the seventh time, y'all start yelling, blowing trumpets, making a lot of noise. That's a terrible battle plan. That doesn't make any sense at all. But you know what? It worked, didn't it? It worked. They defeated that city. And throughout the Bible, you see examples like that. You see Moses at the Red Sea you know, when he led the children of Israel out of Egypt. You know, It tells people, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And God opened the Red Sea. God stopped Pharaoh's chariots with the pillar of smoke and fire, and then you see they they but they had to walk through the sea, didn't they? They didn't just get they didn't get to sit there and wait for the bus. If the Lord wants us over there, He'll give us a bus. That's a long walk. I'm not going to do that. No, they still had to do something, didn't they? And many people think that casting your burden on the Lord means I just do nothing. And one thing you've got to also do too. Because unfortunately, a lot of Christian people, we watch too many Christian movies, and that's what they do in the Christian movies all the time. I mean, people, they will go and do all these terrible things. Oh, I'm just going to give it all to the Lord, and then it just all gets fixed. Sometimes, okay, if you go and you gamble all your money away today, all right, you go, you go out to Quad Cities, go visit the casino, and you gamble all your money away, I promise. You're going to have a lot of you're going to have a lot of burdens when it comes to your bills and things, and you can go ahead and get right after that and cast your burden on the Lord. But you know what? He just might allow you to get your 
car repoed, lose your house. I mean, those things can still happen. And you know, it'll all work together for good. But I know on all the Hollywood movies, they're going to have some rich family member give them a bunch of money. You know, and they're going to have, you know, everything. They're not going to lose anything. They're not going to suffer at all. Listen, you might have to do some suffering for those things. But you know what? A person who casts their burden on the Lord, accepts the Lord's will, they will even accept some of the consequences sometimes. Okay? If you are, if you kill somebody and you're sitting in prison, that's a burden. You can't just cast it on the Lord and then expect God to get you out of prison. But you can cast your burden on the Lord and say, you know what? From here on out, I'm going to do things your way and maybe you'll get an early release. You know, maybe you'll get a parole. Maybe you'll get to go you know, move to a prison that's got good guards that won't beat on you like Brother Pete. You know, I mean, you know. but you know, you, at the same time, people think when we do these things, nothing is supposed to happen. I don't, I don't have any consequences. No, casting your burden on the Lord means, all right, now I'm done doing things my way. Now I'm going to do things. God's way. The key to casting your burden on the Lord is for you to quit trying to do everything your way and start doing things God's way. And for you to learn to see past the here and now and start seeing into the future. That's what God wants us to do. And it is it is so much easier said than done. But it is it is the pattern that we see throughout the Bible. The people, they, they just had to trust God. David, when he went out there to face Goliath, it doesn't make sense. A little boy going against a giant with the armor, the, you know, the big sword and the spear that he had, and David with a slingshot. Okay, but David didn't just go out there and stand in front of Goliath and said, "I'm going to trust the Lord to take take you out." No, he had, he still had to do something, didn't he? And we all have to be obedient. We have to do the things that God has commanded us to do. We commit our way into the Lord. We start learning His commandments. We start following His principles. You know, many times our, some of the biggest burdens people have today are financial burdens, but we don't want to do any of the things that the Bible commands. We don't want to, we don't want to give. We don't want to give of our tithes or offerings or anything like that. We don't want to be generous. We don't even want to pay our bills in time. We don't mind ripping people off, not paying people things that we owe, and we think that God's just supposed to bless that. I'm sorry, but if you're ripping off your neighbor, okay, you know, you need to pay that back. You need to take care of that. Our God is a just God. If you cast your burden on the Lord, it doesn't mean you're going to let the Lord figure out how to pay it. It means you're going to start following God's ways and you're going to do whatever you have to do to take care of that debt. You're going to have to do whatever you do to take care of that thing. It reminds me of the story of the there was three preachers. I shouldn't tell jokes in church. But you know, you had a Catholic, a Methodist, and a Baptist. They were all there in church and they were talking about how they get paid. And you know, the Catholic priest he says, Well, whenever the offering comes in, I kind of throw all the money up in the air and what I catch in the plate after that, I keep. And the Methodist is like, Oh, that's funny. I throw it up in the air and what I what doesn't land in the plate, I keep. And then the Baptist said, Well, I take it, I throw it all up in the air, and what God wants he can take he can take. And I know it's a lame joke, but that's kind of how we are with things sometimes. We just we do we think casting our burden lords means that we do nothing. No, it means doing things His way and trusting that it will work. Okay, our our ways, our way of thinking are always gonna. Our flesh is always gonna try to get us to go against the Word of God, go against the will of God, 
you know, many of the things that God tells us to do don't seem to make sense sometimes. But we say, you know what? I'm doing it anyway. I'm gonna, and I'm just gonna trust the Lord. That is casting your burden on the Lord, and if and He He wants to carry your burden. He wants to He wants to do that for you. He wants to do the heavy lifting. And so if we're if we're gonna have Him do that, we cast our burden on Him by being obedient to Him. And I hope you do that. So let's all stand together right now. Cast thy burden on the Lord.